coming up next on Contemplate. Paul poured out his own life. And the power of the Holy Spirit, he poured out his life. And the power of Jesus, he poured out his life for the gospel, for the good news of Jesus Christ, because he knew that it was real. And what's the return on Paul's investment? Me, you, your families. What he did, what he's done with the Lord, what he allowed the Lord to do through him has, has reverberated through 2,000 years of generations. What are we going to do? So what do we learn from the book of Acts? A lot. And I think you'll be encouraged and challenged by this lesson. Here's Pastor David. This story doesn't end abruptly because it doesn't end. Because it doesn't end. Because the story of Christ's church is ongoing, and so the acts of the Holy Spirit are ongoing. It doesn't end. We have been continuing to write the story. We are adding to the story right now, today. It continues with the story of us and what Jesus is doing through us because Jesus is still alive and the Holy Spirit is still at work through his church. All day, every day. All day, every day. And we're still spreading the good news. We're still spreading the gospel, the news of Jesus Christ all over the world. We're doing it in Honduras. We're going to go in a couple weeks. We've got a network of churches there. Particularly, we've got a church called Acts Church. Actually, it's Iglesia Echos. means Acts Church. In Talonga, we've got some other churches we work with there. We, got, we have a ministry in the Philippines with something like 30 churches that consider you to be their home church that pray for this church every Sunday, people all, all over. That we're there. In Alaska, a group up there that meets and they sing songs and they watch the Acts Church sermons. And, and they're, look, we're continuing to do this. We're serious about it. That ain't stopping. It ain't stopping. What Paul has shown us to do, we want to continue to do, whether it's in Talonga or Palawan or Alukanuk, or any of these places that we are. I just like saying those words. We have what we need. We've done the work now. What are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with it? Are we going to push forward the power of God, the power of Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit as we push and press into the kingdom of God? Are we going to march against the gates of hell? It's not about Peter or Paul. These guys, they had their ministry. They had their time. They're done. They're with the Lord now. This is the time for God to use you. This wasn't about them. This is about what the Holy Spirit did through some people there that the Holy Spirit will continue to do to the people here. What can you do with the Holy Spirit continuing to empower you? Are we going to do this thing? Are we going to take it as seriously as Paul and Peter and the early disciples did? I mean, these are real questions. Are we going to do that? Are we willing to go to prison? Are we willing to go to death? Are we willing to deal with pain? Are we willing to bleed for it? Are we willing to die for it? Are we willing to live for it? Because they were. If there's anything that we can see, it's that they were. They were ready to do whatever. There was nothing more important to them than seeing the grace of Jesus Christ spread all over the world. And they did see it. And they did see it. Do you, do you understand what you're a part of as a believer? This is not some feel-good club. This is not some group of people who are basically sitting around trying to engage in some sort of behavior modification so we can live slightly better or more happy lives. That's not what we are. 
We're not just trying to, hey, our, us and our children want to have happier lives, and so we get together and try not to drink as much or whatever. That's not what we're doing here. That's not what we're doing. This is the church. This is Christ's church. This is his body. It's so much bigger than that. It's so much bigger than that. We are the expression of the kingdom of Jesus Christ on earth, pushing back the darkness. We're the only ones doing that, pushing back the darkness, breaking the power of the curse in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's, we're the ones who are here doing that. We're showing the love of our Savior and our Redeemer and our friend Jesus Christ to the world. Who else is going to do that? We march against the gates of hell in the power of the Lord. This is the real thing. I, look, if you didn't get anything else from Acts, listen to me. This is the real thing. Millennials. Millennials, don't get upset. I'm not going to say anything negative. Millennials are this generation that's saying, listen, I don't want to do it if it's not meaningful. I don't want to do a job that I don't feel like I'm having an effect that's positive on the world. I don't want to just run in my hamster wheel, make that money, do that thing, have the kids, suburban life, whatever, until it all just till I end up in the dirt. I want to do something significant. And I actually love that about them. I love that about millennials. There are some other issues that, that some millennials might have to deal with, just like we did when we were young, which was a long time ago for some of us. <clears throat> but they want to change the world. They want it to be real. Now, here's the deal. For those of you who aren't millennials who are older than that, they're out there saying, give me something real. I want to make a difference. This huge generation, this is a generation the size of like the baby boomers. They're out there saying, I want something real. Give me something true. What are you going to do about it? If you don't understand the kingdom of God and you don't understand who you are and you don't understand what it means, then you can't live real and true. You could only be a hypocrite. We could only be hypocrites if we don't understand what it's about. we got to live it. we got to be willing to go do whatever Christ has called us to do. And we do that, this next generation is going to go, yes, that's real. Look, until Jesus comes back, I'm going to keep operating like he still wants to save people. Like he still wants people to come into his kingdom, like he still has forgiveness and grace, and that what's happened for me can happen for you, can happen for them, and we're going to reach out to every generation. I'm telling you, at no other time has it been like this, with the pervasiveness of the philosophies and the culture and the postmodernism and all the nonsense that's out there, there's never been a time like this that I know of since I've been alive where people were as hungry as they are now for the truth. And there is no truth like the kingdom of God. And they'll only see that through you. They will only see that through you. You've got to deal with it. You've got to show them what is real and what is true. Who else will? Because if you don't show them what's real and what's true, then somebody with a pretty lie is going to lead them down a different way. We don't want that. Paul poured out his own life. In the power of the Holy Spirit, he poured out his life. In the power of Jesus, he poured out his life for the gospel, for the good news of Jesus Christ, because he knew that it was real. And what's the return on Paul's investment? Me, you, your families. What he did, what he's done with the Lord, what he allowed the Lord to do through him has, has reverberated through 2,000 years of generations. What are we going to do? There's nothing about Paul that can't be true about you. 
about what God can do through you. It's all about whether you're allowing him to use you. I know you're afraid to sell out to Jesus completely. I know I am. So am I. It's a, it's a scary thing in some ways. Remember earlier in Acts in chapter 5, we had Ananias and Sapphira. They lied to the Holy Spirit and it was like, dead, dirt nap, right? Not fun. And if you remember after that, it says this. This is in Acts 5, 13 and 14. Yet none of the rest dared join them. This is right after Ananias and Sapphira died. But the people esteemed him highly, and believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. It was scary. When they saw it was real, when Ananias comes in and Peter's like, so is this all the money from the thing you sold? Because Ananias didn't have to give him anything, but he was just saying that it was. Is this the money from the thing you sold? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. Ananias is playing games. Like it was, like it was a club meeting. Like, who cares if I keep a little something back? And he's like, oh, well, here's the thing, Ananias. You just lied to the Holy Spirit. Peace. Dead. Sapphira comes in and does the same thing. Dead. Now, that will shake you up. If you were ever thinking that it was about Sunday school and just some fun and we sing some songs and we shake hands and we're going to go home and live another way, listen, don't do that. Don't do that. It didn't work out well for anybody since Fyra. It's never worked out well for anybody. Be in or be out. Be hot or be cold. Don't be lukewarm. Jesus doesn't like lukewarm. He wants to spit that out of his mouth. Kindle the fire in yourself. Let, let the book of Acts tell you what it should look like. This is serious. This is serious. I know what it is to be afraid. I'm going to tell you a little story. So I, was, I lived in Tennessee, and we, lived, we actually lived in the back of a chiropractic office. So there was a house. She was in the front. We were in the back and, um, because, you know, I do it upright. And we, we had this back door, and, and I hear some noise outside, and I go out the kind of the back gate, and it's hard to explain, but basically uh, there's nobody else that lives there, Okay. It's just, there's all these bushes that go down this way, and there's some businesses over here. It's, it's at night. It's super dark. And I see something. My dog's barking. Jack. Jack's barking. And I see, I see like some light, and it looks like there's a person there. I can kind of see that, that it looks like a person sort of frozen up there probably 30, 40 feet from me. But it's really dark. And I'm like, what is that? And Jack's barking, barking, barking. So I come back inside, and I realize there's some dude back there in our backyard and I don't know what the deal is. And Jack's barking at him. And Tiffany wasn't there. I would have made her go deal with it. <laughs> like, honey, go check the backyard. So I get my baseball bat, my Louisville Slugger, all right? Got this baseball bat, and I'm thinking, I'm going to go. <clears throat> no, I'm not, right? I didn't want to go out there because I don't know what's up, right? It's scary. I don't know what I might lose. So I go out there with my baseball bat, you know, Barney Fife, you know, got my one bullet here, and then I got my baseball, and I got to go out here, and there's these bushes, okay, you got to imagine there's about this much space, and it's all bushes this way, and it's dark, I mean, it's dark, and this is where I think the guy's gone, but I got to check, because I've got kids, you know, I got a wife, and, and I got to walk back through these bushes where I can't see anything, with my little baseball bat. Hey, is anybody there? Mickey Mouse sounded thing. I walk, <laughs> I walk down through this thing. It's all, I mean, I'm just heart beating, right? Finally, I get there, and there's actually, there's a laptop on the ground. I pick up this laptop. 
I come back and I call the police. Why didn't I call the police first? I don't know. Waited well, until I had wet my pants to realize I should just call the police. They could have taken care of it. That's what they're paid for. Pay them. That's what I pay them for. So anyway, what happened was it was actually a laptop. They had robbed a business next door or burglarized a business next door. And uh, the Jack, because Jack had scared them away, they bought the people. It was actually like a feed place, like an animal feed place, kind of like Wilco. And they gave Jack a big thing of dog food. It was wonderful. Yeah, it was great. I would have rather had money. But hey, whatever. Um, we found their laptop. Here's my thing. I'm just telling you that because there are those moments in life where you're scared where you don't know what's going to happen and you don't know what you might lose. And I'll tell you right now, following Christ and surrendering to him, the whole point of why it's scary is because you don't know what's going to happen and you don't know what you might lose, but I can tell you what you'll gain. Everything. Eternal rewards. Yeah, snake might bite you. You might go through difficulties. Somebody might throw rocks at you. I don't know. It all happened to Paul. Okay, what is more important to you? You've got to decide. No, no. I'm happy with just being happy. Now, if you're happy with just being happy, you'll get neither happiness, right? You won't get happiness, nor will you get anything eternal. But if you aim at the eternal, you might get both. You chase after happiness, you rarely find it. Ask every drug addict in the world. Ask every, ask every person in the world. Who's ever been able to manufacture happiness? But if you do, the millennials have this right. Do something worthwhile. Now, the one thing they don't understand is they don't understand the power of Jesus Christ, but you do. You've seen the book of Acts. You understand who we are and where we are now. And we can do this. We can do this through the power of the Holy Spirit and surrendering everything to Jesus. But we have to do that. We have to surrender everything to Jesus. What is our legacy? What is your legacy in Christ going to be? We know the legacy of Christ's church. This is the kingdom of God. I've told you that. And I'll tell you again, and I'll probably tell you many times so you don't forget it. We're the bride of Christ. We are the ones who are here pushing back the power of darkness. We're the ones doing that. What can we do in the power of Jesus Christ? Listen, you are not normal. Some of you knew that already. You are not normal. You are a human being made in the image and likeness of Jesus Christ, who if you found Jesus Christ and you've surrendered your life to him, you have been transformed, justified, sanctified, redeemed. And you're being progressively transformed into the image of Christ, to having the mind of Christ. Do you understand what that's like, what that means, what that is? You can have a heart after God's own heart. You can live that way. God's own heart, he's willing to do that and be that with you and for you. Jesus has declared war on Satan and his demons and the lies and the darkness. And what has he done it? Who has he done it through? Through us. This is what C.S. Lewis says. Okay, there's a book called The Screwtape Letters. And it's basically kind of a senior demon writing to a junior demon. This junior demon is trying to tempt whoever. And the senior demon is kind of giving him advice and so on. He says this. One of our great allies at present is the church itself. Do not misunderstand me. I do not mean the church as we see her, spread out through all time and space and rooted in eternity, terrible as an army with banners. That, I confess, is a spectacle which makes our boldest tempters uneasy. They're running from you. The darkness is, we're, we're marching against the gates of hell. The darkness is pushing out of the way. That's what this book is showing, step by step, day by day. And it's showing it's not done. The end of this book, it's not done. 
It's not done now. We got to continue. We got to push. There are people in this city who are under the power of darkness. If they don't know Jesus Christ, they're under the power of darkness. They're chained to their sin. And Jesus has, has said, I will use you to make disciples. I will use you to bring the truth of the gospel. And through that, Jesus will break the chains and we can push through in his power. You've got to understand what that is. You've got to understand how important that is. We are his warriors. And remember this, you are not fighting against people. Do not get mixed up about this. We get into all these like culture wars. You're not fighting against people. We fight against the powers and the principalities of darkness that are affecting people, that are trying to chain people to sin. It's not the people that you're against. Don't ever get it mixed up. Oh, look at those bad people. No, 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 no. No, no, just like you, just like you were before Christ, they're chained to their sin. They're chained. We're not against them. We're against Satan. We're against darkness. We're against lies. We're not fighting unbelievers. We're not fighting unbelievers. We're serving Jesus Christ and letting him bring down those strongholds. We're letting him use us to bring down those strongholds for the sake of those who Jesus loves and is drawing to himself. And that's your job. Listen, no one else is stepping up to do this. Do you understand? It's not like there's a second team. Well, if the church doesn't do it, you know, the United Way will. No, it's you. You've got to decide whether you're going to do what you're responsible for. If we're like Paul, we might ripple out through generations like he has for 2,000 years in the things that we do and the things that Christ does through us until Jesus comes back. I want the things that Christ does through this church, his church right here, to powerfully affect the world so that we can look back and say, yes, we deserve the name Acts Church. We were willing to live like that. So pray, so work, so give, so serve, so have faith, so have hope, so have love for each other, for your families, for the people who Jesus loves that are under the power of darkness. Love them through Christ. Let's, let's be an Acts church. Really be an Acts church. Don't forget our mission, okay? I'm going to close it down with this couple verses. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. His kingdom. He has the authority. And what's he doing? Go therefore, giving it to you. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. And this is the last one we'll close with. Acts 1.8. First chapter of Acts, the, the, the verse that sort of just encompasses the whole idea of what's happening in the book of Acts, and the last verse that we'll read of it during this series. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The Holy Spirit will empower us to be what we see here in the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit will do that. Let's be Christ's church until he comes. And Lord, come quickly.
like me, you've been inspired and, yeah, a bit challenged, too, to live more fully for Jesus than ever before so others will come to know him, too. Now, if this kind of no-nonsense Bible teaching is something you'd like more of in your own life, come see us at Axe Church in Vancouver, Washington. Service times, directions, and all the info you need are just a click away at axechurchnw.org. We'd love to see you this Sunday. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll check out our next episode for more with Pastor David Robinson here on Contemplate.